I Could Murder I could a murder Cocktail, cocktail. So episode 13. 13. Heaven's, Heaven's Gate. Gate. Hi, and welcome to I Could Murder a Cocktail. Today we're going to be talking about Heaven's Gate. Uh, and the cocktail we've chosen is, as named by Molly, the Heavenly Apple. Because we didn't really have much of a connection. Um, we did you noticed... slightly connect the cocktail, but the name wasn't. Okay. I, I look forward. So, um, if any of you noticed that Ellie sounds a little bit different tonight, she was unavailable. So we auditioned, thousands tried out, but they were all a bit shit, so we got AJ instead. So say hi, AJ. Hi. That was really mean. She was oh. terrified to come on, and you just started doing that. I That's said they the were shit, but we got AJ. I'm okay with it. It means that it's the best of a bad bunch. I'm all right with that. Um... So because it's a little bit different, because we have a special guest instead of um, Ellie, we're doing a little cult episode instead of a murder. So we're doing everything a little bit different this week. We've got a fan in. She's a member of our cult. (laughs) Yeah, I had to take the fan top off just in case. (laughs) Didn't want to get the cocktail down it. And now she's topless. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) I want to tell people. (laughs) Um, does everyone want to try it? Try yeah, it. go on then. Oh, cheers. My not quite right cocktail as usual. Connor will never break tradition by getting the correct ingredients. What's the reason for that? Um, <laughs> I got home yeah. today and thought, finally, one that I've got the ingredients for. Cloudy, I've got cloudy apple juice in the fridge. Normally we buy the clear stuff, but we had the cloudy stuff and I got home and it was not in the fridge anymore. My sister had drank it. What a rookie mistake. Shout eh? out to Liv. Yeah, shout out to Liv. <laughs> <laughs> the apple anyway. juice dealer. Maybe that'll yeah. be another episode. <laughs> it's a crime. It's a crime. <gasps> Just made a, a faux pas. I've got a glass coaster and obviously it's going to clink. I better not use that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've had people use him like towels before just <laughs> what a princess Me. you've become like <laughs> the demand how hard it is to edit out extra ice after the break then eh <laughs> to be fair connor has to do so much editing and all i do is wind him up with like extra ice like i'm such a horrible person <laughs> i'm gonna do this after the break though so don't worry <laughs> my one and only appearance on here <laughs> The son of a Presbyterian minister and a former soldier, Marshall Applewhite, began his foray into biblical prophecy in the early 1970s. I didn't pick this cocktail because his name was Applewhite, but it's sure? a very happy coincidence. <laughs> I thought you did, and I like no, it. No, but I am. Oh, oh nice connection. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Then it was a tenuous connection, and I was like, it's in his name. That's not tenuous. (laughs) The connection comes a lot later. (laughs) After being fired from his job, it was in the University of St. Thomas in Texas. He was fired over an alleged relationship with one of his male students. He then met Bonnie Nettles. Doesn't she sound like a star? Apple and Nettles. It sounds like some sort of new pale ale we should have called the cocktail uh, shit missed a trick there <laughs> it's never too late though 
Yeah, we'll we should just keep coming up with new names throughout the throughout the podcast. <laughs> Do a poll at the end. What should this cocktail be called? <laughs> poll on Twitter. Bonnie Nettles was a forty-four-year-old married nurse who had an interest in theosophy and biblical prophecy. They met in March 1972. According to Applewhite's writings, the two met in a hospital where she worked while he was visiting a sick friend. So it was actually rumoured that it was a psychiatric hospital, but that's never been confirmed. I'm just throwing it in there for a bit of spice, but it's never confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> I like really to involved. think that when you're listening to the episodes, like even when no one's around you, you still do little things like that. Like we'll say something and you'll be like, ooh. Yeah, I do. And I reply to you if no one answers. <laughs> oh, oh, one of your biggest fans. <laughs> Applewhite later recalled that he felt as though he'd known Nettles for a long time. He concluded that they must have met in a past life because that's the rational conclusion. She told him that their meeting had been <laughs> foretold to her play. by extraterrestrials. Oh well, there's a bit in this as well that he, after he got accused for like this dating of a young boy that he went, it was this pupil. He decided to follow the route of being of God basically and read the Bible intensely, and. They kind of assumed that they had some sort of biblical past life, that that's how they knew each other. It's very weird. And I think that's why they think what they think. They knew each other. Yeah. Why have you you researched more than Ellie would if she was doing the murder? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry, Ellie. (laughs) Brutal. Can we edit that that out? (laughs) no that's staying in that's juicy stuff we'll find out if ellie actually listens then (laughs) (laughs) she doesn't (laughs) oh lord what a challenge (laughs) sorry i just got a big mouthful of ice and now i feel stupid (laughs) yeah that's what you get for having so much ice (laughs) (laughs) sorry i I'd swallowed the mint. AJ's not allowed on the podcast anymore. I haven't even done one paragraph and she's choking on mint. Look at it. Never mind. By June the 19th, Applewhite and Nettle's beliefs had solidified into a basic outline. They'd concluded that they'd been chosen to fulfil bi- biblical prophecies and that they had been given higher level minds than other people. that's literally a quote which is so funny because can you imagine just being like yeah we must have better brains yeah it's the only it's the only like option imagine that was your rationale like yeah i must have a really yeah no that you're right yeah we are more higher level humans than everyone else (laughs) at what point did we get a level basis for humans as well like (laughs) i mind mind you though if you've ever done group work in school that's when i used to feel like i was probably a higher level human than everyone else (laughs) oh that's so funny because my like scenario was going to be yeah but have you ever been out day drinking and then survived until like 4am and thought oh i must be a superhuman that's who I thought the higher level minds were, but obviously me and you are on different levels, Con. Oh, maybe Connor is part of this cult. Who knows? That's oh, why he's God. got that higher level mind. Brain, sorry. Brain. They wrote a pamphlet that described Jesus' reincarnation as a Texan, 
this was a reference to Applewhite. So basically just saying that he was the reincarnation of Jesus. And I like that they made a pamphlet. It makes me think of like being in group projects in school and being like, make a pamphlet for the circus. Oh, are we doing the circus? You're following on from the Bible. Like there's hundreds of pages in that and your version of the resurrection takes up a pamphlet. (laughs) Oh, that's sad. I didn't think of it like that. (gasps) On clip art, like Jesus. Oh, I would wonder what their clip art was. We will have to find out. Oh, we'll have to look for that pamphlet. Furthermore, they concluded that they were two they were the two witnesses described in the book of Revelation and occasionally visited churches or other spiritual groups to speak of their identities, often referring to themselves as the two or the UFO two. They believed that they would be killed and then restored to life and then in the view of others be transported to a spaceship all sounds legit i mean yeah. i want to see the pamphlet <laughs> i don't think it's unreasonable yet to the um this event they referred to it as the demonstration um to their dismay these ideas were poorly received by existing religious communities which is like i don't know why you think you're going to go into a church and they'll go spaceship yeah seems legit Yes, you are, Jesus. Oh, that's what we're collecting for each week, is to get our ticket. Yeah. <laughs> what? Just take the collection basket now, Jesus. Just, yeah. <laughs> Jesus? Yeah, and looking around thinking, wow, you don't look anything like this stained glass we have of you. <laughs> we're going to have to change the whole stained glass yeah. now. <laughs> like, have you seen a picture of what he looks like? His eyebrows are weird. Like, that's when you know someone's not right. That's how you know someone's Jesus. Not Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) Eventually, Applewhite and Nettles wanted to contact extraterrestrials because that is obviously the natural progression. They decided to sort like-minded followers. They published an ad for meetings where they recruited disciples who they called the crew. At the events, they wanted to represent beings from another planet and the next level who sought participants for an experiment. They stated that those who agreed to take part in the experiment would be brought to a higher evolutionary level. Which is again, like, how do you just decide someone can be a higher evolutionary level? Just be like, oh, you've got webbed feet. Like, I'll make sure it happens. And believing so heavily in the reincarnation of Jesus and then going, evolution doesn't really sit right with me yeah me either like it's very conflicting and i i want to know the tests that these guys did to be able to be like you can join our club yeah come on yeah join our gang like how, how does that work <laughs> oh, please join our cult <laughs> later in 1975 the crew assembled in a hotel in oregon After selling all their worldly possessions and saying farewell to loved ones, the group vanished from the hotel and from the public eye. That night on the CBS Evening News, Walter Cronkite reported that the group had disappeared in one of the very first national reports on the developing religious group. This is a quote. A score of persons have disappeared. It's a mystery whether they've been taken on a so-called trip to eternity or simply been taken. In reality, Applewhite and Nettles had arranged for the group to go underground. From that point, Doe and T, this is how they wanted to refer to themselves, um, 
led nearly 100 members of the crew across the country, sleeping in tents and sleeping bags and begging on the streets. Evading detection by the authorities and the media enabled the group to focus on Doe and T's doctrine and helping other members of the crew achieve their higher evolutionary level of of above human. So that's what they called it when you were at a higher evolutionary level. Doe and T claimed to already be on a higher level as well, by the way. This is so weird. Like, I feel very... I don't know. Like if I was in a cult, I'd be like, well, prove it. Prove you're of a higher <laughs> evolutionary level. Stay oh. underwater for 20 minutes. Like, right. I didn't want to go there. I didn't <laughs> want to go there, but I assumed, you know, he, he, he made water into wine to prove this. Because to me, like, you need to see some evidence here that he was reincarnated. So turn this glass into wine, please. Glass of water into wine. I was going to be like, um, I don't think that's how it went, AJ. Yeah. <laughs> it was water. Because <laughs> I'm running low on the cocktail. <laughs> Wine on the floor. But how, <laughs> okay, they call themselves a higher level, but how stupid do you have to be to sell all your worldly possessions and still be begging on the streets for stuff? And that's how they kept a low profile. I'd have a house out in the country somewhere where you can put all your disciples in one yeah. your crew. So... Throughout the late 70s and early 80s, as their belief system developed and the members grew, many of Applewhite's and Nettles' crew were hailed from the very diverse backgrounds. Most of them were described by researchers of, as having been long-time truth seekers or spiritual hippies who had long since believed in the attempting to find themselves through spiritual means. Combining faiths in a sort of cultural milieu well into the mid-80s, which is like not surprising. You see the people that get sucked into cults and it is often people that have always been searching for something or like a sense of belonging. So it's not surprising. As recruit numbers grew in its pre-internet days, the clan of UFO followers all seemed to have in common the need for communal belonging in an alternate path of higher existence without the constraints of institutionalized faith. So it's like they wanted to believe in something, but organized religion was just too organized. It wasn't... (laughs) Doesn't everyone (laughs) feel that way? It's like, yeah, well, I don't want to be organized religion. I'm busy every other Sunday. Let me join a cult. Makes sense. I can join a cult with my flexible hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, turn it when you like. Flexi time cult. (laughs) There might be one out there somewhere. If not, we should trademark it. I do think it defeats the point of a cult that you can come and go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you clock in with this card, you're fine. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a cult, but only between nine and three on a Friday. <laughs> Turn up to the cult and the leader's been like, have you signed your flexi sheet? <laughs> I need be to see hours. 37 hours, that's fine. <laughs> It wasn't until the death of Nettles due to liver cancer in 1985 that Applewhite's subsequent revision of the group's doctrines began. By the mid-90s, the group had become reclusive, identifying themselves using the business name The Higher Source and using their website to recruit followers. Rumours began spreading throughout the group in the following years that the upcoming comet, Hale-Bopp, is that how you say it? I didn't know if it was Hale-Bopp or Haley bop I'm going to say Hale Pop. Yeah, 
We've said both now, and I'll just splice in whichever one I find is right. But I'm going to mention it throughout, so I'll say both uh, for every time. <laughs> I won't say both for every time. We're going to go I with just... Hailbop. You can Google it, yeah. Oh, that'll be Hailbop, yeah. Hail. Sorry, I was getting it, I was getting it confused with Hallie's comment. No. Oh, nice. <laughs> Sorry. AJ, pretend that she knows anything about comets. No, I'm looking forward to the Blue Moon now tomorrow. Anyway. They thought that Hailbop housed the secret to their ultimate salvation and ascendance into the kingdom of heaven. And it was just a big fucking rock. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> no, now I know how the world gets hit too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to talk to you like real quickly about their actual belief system. So Heaven's Gate members believed that planet Earth would be recycled wiped clean, renewed, refurbished and rejuvenated before 2027. So it still could happen. If it could, I mean, if it is going to happen, now we're going to look so stupid on the podcast. I mean, we can't even recycle foil. <laughs> so <laughs> the whole planet's going to go through a renewal. True. The only chance for their consciousness de- defined sometimes as their soul or mind to survive would be to leave their human bodies at an appointed time. Initially, what are you laughing at? <laughs> it's, it's the flexi time all over again. And yeah. it's like, you can leave your human bodies as long as it's at six. Yeah, make sure you return by eight, though. Gosh, you don't want to miss anything. Six and eight is your free time. <laughs> Initially, the group had been told that they'd be transported with their bodies on board to a spacecraft that would come to Earth and take the crew to heaven, referred to as next level. So when they joined, they were all told, you don't have to die, which I feel is the thing for most cults. Like You, you, know, you only don't have to die. So that's what they were told. But you might is the bit that's left out. You could. There might be a point I mean, where you, think that you all have to die. Well, it just feels like it leaves a bit of a gap at the end. Like you don't have to. <laughs> but like, we're all lingering going to. But <laughs> you will get left behind. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. But it's so uncool if you decide not to. Come on, guys. You don't have to die, the aliens won't like you as much. (laughs) It's just a very weird way of putting it. Like, you don't have to die. Mm -hmm. But. (laughs) When Bonnie Nettles die, it confounded Applewhite's doctrine because Nettles was allegedly chosen by the next level to be a messenger on Earth. Yet her body died instead of leaving physically to outer space. So they wanted to believe that they'd all go physically. Then Bonnie died and like they were like, well, instead of stop believing this madness, we'll just change the rules to fit our agenda. So, yeah. So instead of being like, oh, hey, maybe all this isn't true. They were like, yeah, we'll just change it. So the belief system was then refined to include the leaving of consciousness from the body to the equivalent of leaving the Earth in the spacecraft. So originally said, you don't have to die. We'll all go in our bodies in the spaceship. And now they're saying you might have to die and you won't be in your body. So it was like a real spin. So the people from the start must be disappointed. Terrible. Do you think they have to buy tickets to kind of know which one they wanted at the beginning? 
like they, membership they, packages or something. Well, they sold all... subscription. Do you want? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to be in the body and go or out? Like, <laughs> it's only like a ten... fifteen pound a month if you want to be in the body, though. You can have HD and four spaceships, or you can have standard definition and three. <laughs> yeah, we don't do economy spaceships. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't first class. You ain't coming. And there's no in-flight meal. Just remember that. Eat before you go. <laughs> so the group were against what we know as suicide but they define suicide in their own context to mean to turn against the next level when it's being offered and they believed that their human bodies were only vessels meant to help them on their journey suicide in their mind therefore would be not allowing their consciousness to leave the human bodies to join the next level so suicide for them would be remaining alive instead of participating in the suicide. So not suicide for them would be yeah. suicide. So literally opposite day. Like, you know, when you're a kid and you'd be like, yeah, it's opposite day. Literally opposite day. Wow. Yeah. Do you want to commit suicide? No. Haha, <laughs> it's opposite day. We're all going to die. <laughs> that was a bit savage. <laughs> Sucks to be you. <laughs> like, wow. I don't know if I signed up to that already. <laughs> they believed that to be eligible for membership in the next level, humans would have to shed every attachment to the planet. This meant that all members had to give up all human-like characteristics, such as family, friends, sexuality, individuality, jobs, money and possessions. Some members were even castrated by other members in the group to kind of show their devotion. Is that real devotion? I don't know anything that shows more devotion, AJ. Yeah. <laughs> that seems pretty strong to me. I'd have to be real devoted to get my balls cut off. Yeah, I feel like that, you know, this this higher brain, this higher level stuff is yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have one if that's that's the outcome. <laughs> Do you mean to say you haven't castrated anyone recently oh, yeah. in the name of God? No. I don't have any balls to cut off anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is last week's episode all over again. Although the basic beliefs of the group stayed generally consistent over the years, the details of their ideology were flexible enough to undergo modification over time. That was a quote. This was Appleby being like, yeah, things change. Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> Examples of this is the group changing their beliefs slightly like modifying the way that you can get to the next level um changing they the way mario kart sorry <laughs> how did they get to next levels like what's going on here so Leveling next up. level is heaven at first they were like you have to go in your bodies now they're like you can't go in your bodies so like these little things would change all the time so now it's leveling up like, like the next still... level they call it now yeah. instead of like heaven yeah the spaceship takes you to next level though i feel like this is on mario kart when you go through <laughs> it literally feels like that is so ridiculous um other things that changed they changed how they were describing themselves they placed more importance on the idea of satan um and they added quite a lot of several um like new age concepts so although the the main theory was the same it changed quite a lot over the years um 
I don't know whether, yeah, this is probably a good time for a, a cocktail right before we start the bit that I have cha- uh, labelled the big suicide. <gasps> oh, um, oh. I'm going to have to actually take a minute to try and figure out what might be about to happen. <laughs> so oh. I think now is the time to get the cocktail because otherwise my brain will just keep going. <laughs> All that higher level crap. Hi guys, welcome back. We are all suitably refreshed with our cocktails. And I think Molly is going to hit us with a very cheery topic. The big suicide. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. In October <laughs> 1996, members began renting a large home, which they called the Monastery. It was a 9,200 square foot mansion located in California. They paid $7,000 a month in rent in cash. So I don't know how long they were like begging for on the streets, but to get that much cash, fair play. Buskers must be raking it in. I I underestimated them. (laughs) Um, I don't think they were buskers. I think they were like beggars. Oh. (laughs) I would like if they were. What do you mean? You know, like when they say, if you just cut back on this. Oh, yeah. They'd be like, if you and 30 other people had just sold all your worldly possessions and begged on the streets for 20 years, maybe you could afford a house. <laughs> yeah. Um, along with their mansion, they also purchased alien abduction insurance, which is a <laughs> real thing. Yeah, a real Sorry. thing. So it would my cocktail. You haven't heard the best bit. So it would cover up to fifty members, and it would pay out one million dollars per person. The policy but, covered what? abduction, impregnation, yeah. or death by aliens. Okay, but you know insurance policies are for things you don't want. Mm. Like you buy car insurance because you like your car, but you don't want it to get hit. If your whole cult's point is alien abduction, that's what you want. You Not don't insure against it. Death, though. Well, de- well, it depends on the death, because apparently when you kill yourself, you uh, go to the spaceship. Ah, that's different. That's not like death, death, is it? That's they, like... They're thinking like aliens come down with guns and shoot up the monastery. Uh, they want that dollar. I like okay. the impregnation, though, because... I'd like to think they went to the doctors and goes, I'm pregnant. And they go, congratulations, like, is your husband happy? And they go, it was an alien. Can you imagine the doctor being like, sure, Jan? No, it'd be like, Jan, did you get insurance before this happened? (laughs) (laughs) Thank God you went on (laughs) policyexpert.com. For little than the price of an apple, you're insured now. (laughs) Your baby's a... Your baby's an alien, but you've got a free Mia Cat toy. Nice, yeah. Well, that's if they compared the market. Crumbs. I'm sure there's not many insurance companies out there with policies like this. No, I think it's very niche. I don't think you would find it. on. You know, when you go on Compare the Market and it's like, car, home, bike. I don't think it's like, aliens. <laughs> oh, I've never looked. I might have to check, though. I'm going to feel really stupid now if I go on computer fucking there's a little aliens button. 
Maybe that's what the meerkats are all about. <laughs> uh, they feed Talking rumble. meerkats, they can't be from Earth. <laughs> no, clearly not. <laughs> that could be nettle. And I, oh my gosh, it's them. <laughs> On the 19th of March, 1997, Marshall Applewhite t- taped himself in Doe's final exit. He spoke of the mass suicide and how this was the only way to evacuate the earth. What was that? What happened? What happened? The aliens, no! (laughs) (laughs) What was it? I only looked down because I created... I don't know, I didn't move. I literally didn't move. A little knot in my headphones. So I looked down and you look up and both of you are like... That would be what the noise was. Could you not hear the noise, AJ? No. What did you it's think going, you were like? You were doing know. that and it was going... Yeah. Whoa. You have to keep that in now because that shit me up. I was like, I don't want to do this one anymore. Get the alien insurance. Oh, dear. I'm a little bit scared to carry on. (laughs) After asserting that a spacecraft was trailing the comet Hale-Bopp and that this event would represent the closure for Heaven's Gate, Applewhite persuaded the 38 followers to prepare for ritual suicide so that their souls could board the supposed aircraft. So he was like, sorry guys, just prepare for this massive suicide it's the only way good luck sorry how do you prepare for that i don't know well i'll tell you what they did and i really like to think that he went prepare guys and they went how and this is what he said oh god (laughs) no sorry applewhite believed that after their deaths an unidentified flying object would take their souls to another level of existence above human which he described to as being both physical and spiritual. The preparations included every member videotaping a farewell. The night before their mass suicide, the group went to a Marie Callender's restaurant, which is like a chain in America, and they all ordered the same meal. So this is 39 people now booking a table go in and they all had the same thing which was a garden salad boring sorry yeah a turkey pot pie okay oh a cheesecake with blueberries which i do approve of i approve yeah yeah and iced tea Mm. oh can you imagine we would go there and be like mozzarella sticks potato skins burger steak cocktails and they're like i'll have the garden salad 39 times This is our last meal, right? I've I've got a story about a couple of weeks ago where we did our last meals podcast, Um, and I had an I had a message off a friend of mine who I will now identify as Millie. Shout out to Millie on the podcast. I had a message from Millie saying (laughs) in bruschetta. Yeah, and she went. She went bruschetta. Uh, I'll read out the exact (laughs) the exact exchange that we had. She messaged me a bit after and was like, "Oh, I'm not sure what I'd choose, but it wouldn't be fucking bruschetta." (laughs) 
She oh, said wow. bruschetta. I said, I love bruschetta. She said, don't get me wrong. I do love a good bruschetta every now and then. But for my last meal, can you imagine if Jesus had to eat a bruschetta? And I replied with, Jesus did eat bread for his last meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was like, so actually, I slightly spiced up Jesus's last meal. So I'm a next level human. Well, you've cultured it because there's garden salad, there's big tomatoes in there, you've mm. eaten this with this bread, you know, merged the two together, really, haven't you? Yeah, that's me. Continuation of next level humans. Well, Not for your last meal. Bruschetta's lovely. If I'm going to an Italian, I'm going to order bruschetta. It wasn't the whole last meal. I didn't just go and have a fucking piece of bread with some tomatoes on it. That was just the appetizer. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Not to speak ill of bruschetta and name it just tomatoes and bread. See, AJ's on my side, even yeah. if you're me off for being AJ, on my you side. you have bruschetta as your last meal, would you? I might now. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Stop lying. You just want to get on your good side, Con, so you don't edit her all out. Yeah, and I haven't clinked much, so I hope that's scoring me brownie points. <laughs> <sighs> to kill themselves, the members took a phenobarbital. Uh, ah. The members took a phenobarbital mixed with apple sauce and washed down with vodka. Yeah. So, phenobarbital, we've got apple and vodka. (laughs) (laughs) You would not know how long I spent Googling like spaceship cocktails, alien cocktails. I spent, you can ask Jack, I spent hours doing it last night and then I was like, apple and vodka it is. Nice. Hey, you read so much cult last night that clearly it influenced your cocktail making decision. But having not the Fenna hoodie waller, you put ginger beer in, which I really approve of, which means I'll sleep tonight and not see the next level. So thanks. <laughs> no problem, AJ. That's why I did it. Uh, additionally, they secured plastic bags around their heads after ingesting the mix to induce asph- asphyxiation. I won't make you sleep with a bag on your head either, AJ. Oh, thank God. Well, that's what they said to the cult guys at the start. They said they wouldn't have <laughs> to kill have themselves. To die. Oh no, I feel like I'm being led in here. <laughs> All 39 were dressed in identical black shirts and sweatpants, branded black and white Nike shoes, and an arm. They got the merch. It's re- it's a really funny story. Um, and they also all wore armband patches, reading heaven's gate away tea <laughs> no yeah oh, you can dear. see it you can google it online and see it it's literally like a sp- <laughs> spaceship with like heaven's gate at the top and like away team as if they were like a sports team it's comical they don't even think of themselves as the home team <laughs> <laughs> no because they're going away like i get it uh, they go into the higher level so surely it should be like higher level team or like something a bit mm. jazzier than away team <laughs> That's something like everyone else is the away team. Everyone else is the opponent. Oh, no. They just didn't understand football. That's their problem. I don't really understand when they became a team. That was problem. Just that. (laughs) The whole cult's problem was that they didn't understand football. But when did they become a team and not a crew? Should have been the away crew. Yeah. I feel like... Very contradictory, this cult. God, give them very good stars on TripAdvisor. I wonder what their reviews were. <laughs> Spaceship was shit. <laughs> Shoes that bit me. <laughs> Armbag kept falling off. 
This won't machine wash properly. <laughs> I don't think they care much about that. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so the armbands was actually one of many instances that the group used Star Trek as kind of like a an influence. So they used the bands as like one of those. Each member also had on their person a $5 bill and three quarters in their pockets. This was to like pay for their travel. In-flight meal. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine them being like anything from the trolley? I've only got I've only got this much. And they're like, you can have a croissant and a bottle of water. Like, what are you going to get with $5 and three quarters? That sounds like quite a lot, but I suppose it's the, the time of year is like time of year, the actual year it was in. Um they actually got a really good deal on bulk buy-in through Nike. <laughs> yeah, that was the only reason. There was nothing else. They went to a couple of uh, companies and they got the best bulk buy deal through Nike. <laughs> I bet Nike were really proud of themselves. They were their sales went down like thousands of percent after this. Imagine what Adidas were doing, like, ha ha, suckers. <laughs> Just glad they didn't give the group discount. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Once a member was dead, the alive members, the members that hadn't committed suicide yet, would remove the plastic bag from the person's head, pose the body um, laying neatly in their own bed, and cover their faces and torso with a square purple cloth for privacy. The identical clothing was used as a uniform for the mass suicide to resent unity. The Nikes were chosen because they got a good deal on the, on the shoes. <laughs> so the 39 members, 21 women and 18 men, all from the ages of 26 to 72, are believed to have died in three groups over three successive days, with the remaining participants cleaning up after each the prior group's death the suicide so yeah they'd take it in turns 15 would die then they the live ones would go in take the bags put the cloths then another 15 so the suicide occurred in groups of 15 15 and then nine across the dates of march 22nd to march 26th yeah it's, it's weird it's weird Another thing that's pissed me off about this group now is their complete and utter lack of symmetry. 1559. Yeah, that could have been 131313. 13, 13. Easy. Ooh. And that would have been cooler. Yeah, no, like, of all the things they've done, that is the most heinous. <laughs> Unforgivable. And also, it doesn't really feel like a mass suicide if you're not all doing it at once. It just kind it's of feels a, like a couple of little sad suicide. Like, I I don't know. It doesn't feel like a... Ma- it's not like drinking the Kool-Aid, is it? It's like a spectacular... Yeah. But how do you know who's in each group? Like, I'd feel like, why am I not in the group one? Like, am I not yeah. good enough to be in group 15? I think Joe probably chose. And if you're in the third group... Huh? If you're in the third group, you'd be you'd feel a bit like no one was taking care of you afterwards. Yes. Well, that's what happened. So among the dead was a Thomas Nicholas, who was the brother of the actress Nichelle Nicholas, who was best known for her role in the original Star Trek television series. 
The leader, Applewhite, was the third to last member to die. So two people remained after him and they were the only ones that would be found without bags on their heads. Does she mind? So yeah, they were the only two to be found without bags on their heads because they didn't put them on in case because they wouldn't be able to take them off again. Um, and they didn't have purple cloths over their bodies. Before the suicides, multiple sets of packages were sent to numerous Heaven Gate affiliated individuals. It was also sent to the BBC department because Louis Theroux had asked to do uh, a documentary with them a couple of months before and they declined. So instead they sent this package to the BBC like Louis Theroux at BBC. (laughs) Yeah. So they were like, you can't come and see us. Here's our suicide message. So mad. Among- what was in that, though? Because um, if you're going to send a package, you. like, is that the suicide kit for Louis to do it on his own terms? <laughs> like, Some I'm nice. sorry, you've missed the boat to subscribe, but we thought we wouldn't leave you out. Here you are, doing your own Nikes and some vodka. But they've really got the BBC spirit going there when they go, here's one we made earlier. So among... The list of recipients was Rio D'Angelo. The package D'Angelo received on the evening of March the 25th, like the other packages, it contained two VHS videotapes, one of Doe's final exit and the other one was the farewell messages from the from the crew. It also contained a letter stating that, among other things, we have exited our vehicles just as we just as we entered them. Upon informing his boss of the contents of the packages, D'Angelo received a ride to the home in Los Angeles so that he could verify the letter. D'Angelo found a uh, a back door purposely left unlocked to allow access and used a video camera to record what he found. After leaving the house, D'Angelo's boss, who had waited outside, encouraged him to make a call to the authorities, uh, alerting alerting them of his discovery. The San Diego County Sheriff's Department received an anonymous tip through the 911 system at 3.15pm on March the 26th, suggesting that they check on the welfare of the residents. Days after the suicides, the caller was revealed to be D'Angelo. The single deputy who responded to the call entered the home through the side door and saw 10 bodies. He was nearly overcome by the pungent odour. If you think about it, they died over three days. So the first people would have been there at least three days. And it was a couple of days after that that they were found. And it was in like the spring in California. Like you can't imagine. So yeah, the bodies um, were really rotten. Um, the deputies found no one alive, but retreated until a search warrant could be found. And then all 39 bodies were ultimately cremated. I have a little bit about the aftermath. Um, just that Heaven Gates was widely publicised in the media as an example of mass suicide. Um, when the news broke of the suicides and the relation to the comet, the Hale-Bopp, the co-discoverer of the comet, Alan Hale, was drawn into the story. He said that his phone never stopped ringing on that day. Hale said that 
even before Heaven's Gate, he had told a colleague, and this is a quote, we're probably going to have some suicides over the result of this comet. Like he saw this coming, definitely. He said, the sad bit is that I wasn't really surprised. Comets are lovely objects, but they don't have an apocalypse. Oh my God, it's Big Brother all over again. A carpalisk. A carpalyptic. They don't have an apocalyptic significance. We must use our minds and our reason. So he like fully saw this coming. He knew it was going to happen. News of the... (coughs) Sorry. Do you know when you feel like a bubble in your throat and I was like, better just cough to get it out. (laughs) Oh. Oh. I'm joking. News. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I only choked on that. <laughs> I've only got like three paragraphs left. I got this, guys. News of the thirty-nine deaths in Rancho Santa Fe motivated oh, motivated uh, a copycat suicide of a fifty-eight-year-old man living in California. The man left a note dated March twenty-seventh, which said. I'm going on the spaceship with Hale-Bopp to be with those who have gone before me. He he says he imitated some of the details of Heaven's Gate suicide as they'd been reported in the media. So maybe. So he did some things. I wonder if he made it. Um, To the... Other side? To the, you know, level up? I don't know why, but for some reason I thought you were talking about the badge. The arm patch, like I was gonna be like, yeah, maybe he like did like a cross stitch or something. I don't know. (laughs) No, like, did he make it to join them? Because that was what he wanted ultimately. Have much info on it, and unfortunately, AJ, I feel like they might have all gone to the same place. (laughs) I'm gonna leave it at that one. (laughs) It was. Oh. So at least three former members of Heaven's Gate ultimately died by suicide themselves after the, in the months after the mass suicide. On May 6, 1997, Wayne Crook and Chuck Humphrey attempted suicide in a hotel uh, in a similar manner that was used by the group. Cook died and Humphrey survived this attempt. Another member, James Perkley Jr., died by suicide by a self-inflicted gunshot wound on May the 11th. Two former members, Mark and Sarah King from Phoenix, Arizona, still maintain the group's website, which now contains a large passage addressing the mass suicide and the reasons for it. The two do not identify themselves in interviews. I actually did find out as well that if you email the email address on their website, they still reply you emailed them. I didn't, but uh. I saw a passage between someone that basically just emailed the email address saying, is this email address still active? And only like an hour later, they got a reply saying like, hi, Simon. Yes, it is. Thank you. Um, and he just said, why were you left behind? And they replied saying, um, a few members needed to be left behind in order to spread the message and reply to people's questions or something like that so i might email them but you can email them and people will still reply and the website is 
so funny because like it was obviously set up in the 90s and that's exactly what it still looks like now so definitely go and look at it if you haven't yeah like a very much a um child project from the 90s <laughs> literally the infamy caused by the mass suicide limited availability and it's sudden no the... oh my god what sorry i'm just looking at the website yeah <laughs> it's funny isn't it <laughs> i love it i think you should link it because i feel that this is an insight to the pamphlet that would have been created. I wonder if you emailed and asked, can I get a copy of the pamphlet, please? Sensibly. You might get one. We'll definitely do that. I feel like they'll send it to you in one of those do not bend A4s, and then they'll tell you, like a little note in there saying, please fold along the edges as indicated. (laughs) I wish. It'll probably be like, please see the PDF attached. Oh, rubbish. So... The infamy. Wait, wait, did Connor? Did you just say something and nothing came out? Oh, I was muted. I was so confused. I was like, "His mouth moving. How can you not see this?" What did you say? No, it's cool. We'll carry on, and then um, so I, I, um, Molly, you carry on. I'll say at the end once I've stopped recording. The infamy caused by the mass suicide uh, has been rumoured as to why the resale of Nike decades, so that's the actual brand, like model of Nikes that they had, has such a high resale value. So the most recent seller um, has tried to sell a pair for $6,660. Whoa, what? Yeah. Did he succeed? I don't know. I hadn't couldn't find out. But like a lot of them have very high reason because they Nike immediately took them out of all stores and never produced them again. Um but people people obviously people like us still wanted them. <laughs> so yeah, the resale value was very high. Wow. Um just a couple more things. They have a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I know. It's really funny. Um, they've got like a few videos, and one of them is actually them singing, like the whole crew singing a song that they wrote called "When You Know Tian Do," which is like a parody of um, "Do a Deer a Female." It's bad. No. Yeah, they like rewrote the lyrics. Um, and you could hear like the whole thirty nine of them. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, you should watch it. It's hilarious. But that's why they were called Toe and Doe, is Doe. it? Or yeah, because they they changed their name quite a lot to go with that song. So I don't know if that kind of tune or that song has something like significant to them. I don't know. It starts. It it starts with them talking about the beginning. And I just, I definitely recommend you having a listen to it. It's weird. Um, there's also the full UFO cult documentary on YouTube. And you can also find on Amazon, Heaven's Gate, The Untold Story. Ooh. I mean, we've, I've done this. It's a long episode, but I've done this and I've missed out so much stuff. So that you can still find out so much more if you 
do some research and obviously I've shortened it a lot to fit into one podcast episode but definitely have a look into it definitely that song I feel it's like a big hit when you mentioned the YouTube channel I could just imagine them being like oh guys we did a shopping haul we got some Nikes oh no oh no (laughs) these are the bags we recommend purple cloth but don't go anywhere else it'll be like a vlog for the day and they all go out and have their garden salads (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's because they're choosing the restaurant like which garden salad was the best (laughs) you gotta try before you buy right (laughs) do not commit before you're really fully aware of what's out there so i think connor has a joke for us to end on a little high do you not have one this week I didn't do it, no, because you texted me saying how good your joke was. I was like, well, okay. I'm going to do a pathetic one. So I prepared one. You did you add <laughs> As well? Is it bad? Oh, yeah. Okay, you can go first. No, I'll let Connor. No. Uh, Connor, AJ actually has a joke. I've just okay. got to find where I've, I've written it down. We'll let me... <laughs> okay, now we come to a segment we call Molly Tells a Shit Joke, told by AJ. <laughs> Hit us up, AJ. That's really sad now. It's just a really funny dad joke. I thought I'd have to find mine, but honestly, it's stuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) I screenshotted it yesterday because I knew I'd forget, but I haven't had to look at it because it's just in my head, rent-free. So um, because it's um, murder podcast, I could murder a cocktail, I thought, "Mm, do I go drink or murder for the joke? So I went with murder. Here's my dad joke, I guess. This graveyard looks overcrowded. People must be dying to get in here. (laughs) 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 I'm sad that no one can see me and Connor both shaking our heads. (laughs) (laughs) That's because you're jealous. (laughs) I'm not jealous with this joke. Yeah, if you could try and beat that, Connor. Uh, Keeping on the murder theme. What do you call a murderer with two butts? I don't know. What do you call a murderer with two butts? An assassin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was better than mine. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and she oh. took me a second to get it. Very impressed, Connor. That's because he's next level brain. Because <laughs> he's on higher on the evolutionary scale. <laughs> Maybe he's got web toes. We can make our we can make our own meme for this week's one. We can use that galaxy brain one. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. Right. Um, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, we really appreciate you continuing to listen, continue to comment, and. Um, send us in some messages to our facebook page or instagram if you'd like to us to cover any murders or if you think we've missed anything really cool in any of our murders uh thank you aj for being a fantastic uh guest star for the week you're so you have, kind you have been a fantastic stand-in ellie right so uh bye 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 yes <laughs> this is weird i love it thank you so much honestly i was so nervous but so happy to be on this like i listened to you so much in the bath and it's so weird because it's like yeah we have bath time together i don't know why it is like since your since your podcast i bath (laughs) 
like wash away my sins while I listen to other people's murders. But <laughs> honestly, it's like a tonic and I love it. And it's a complete honor for me to be here and participate in this. And so thank you. Oh, that is well, so sweet. Thank you for doing it, AJ. Honestly, it's really nice. I love it. Honestly, I do. And I'll be wearing merch, like, no, tomorrow. I won't. Okay, I'm going you know, like, to get... all the shit tonight. <laughs> you know, people get socks with everyone's face on. I want the socks, the pajamas, like, everything. <laughs> number one fan. I think we can officially say AJ is the number one fan. I Could Murder a Cocktail is an independent podcast produced by Ellie Layden, Molly Dacey, and Connor Hall, with special guest AJ.